Hello and welcome to a podcast about something where each week we dive deep into whatever it is we find interesting. I'm your host, Kelvin, and joining me with hopefully not a cracking voice, it's your co-host, Nick Richardson. Yeah, it's Nick beneath the rim out here blocking shots. I couldn't even, my voice cracked so bad I couldn't even give you a fun place to come from. Honestly, I didn't even notice it until you said something. My mind went completely blank. Uh, my voice may crack tonight. I uh, have a bit of a cold. Getting through it. I'll be fine. Don't worry about me. But uh, if the voice cracks, that's where it's coming from. He's a goddamn not that warrior. I'm going through puberty. He's a warrior, folks. Like a lot of these folks we're going to talk about. Except I, probably not an actual Golden State Warriors. Not a Not a team known for their great centers. Yes. But you got your Andrew Bogut's, your uh, who was there before? Isn't Bogut? Oh God, who? Who is that dickhead? Oh, that was Rudy Gobert. That starts, Rudy Gobert. Yeah. yeah. From the Jazz. Yeah, I was. Uh, so we're talking uh, NBA centers today. If you couldn't tell. Yeah, this is the last in our NBA series. Uh, where we've covered every position, and I should have written down all of the episodes, and I didn't, but uh, they're they're in there. Just search NBA on our feed, you'll find them. We did one pretty recently. Yeah, we did Power Forwards like two months ago, so if you go to that, I think we listed them, all the other ones in that one, so go listen to Power Forwards from like two months ago, and then you'll figure out where the rest of them are. Yeah. I've been sick, so my prep is not on point. Like, it took all I could to watch these horrendous center highlight videos all week. <laughs> I mean, there's quite a few bad ones. Their hype music they're not, is kind of whack. They're not bad. They're just like uneventful. Would be a good way to put it. Let's let's boil there's it down. There's only so many dunks and yeah, rebounds right. you can watch. It's mostly really tall people jumping a few inches off the ground yeah. and scoring points. And, and there happens to be some other smaller person underneath them. Right, with a small ball, you know, compared to their hand. To us, it's, yeah. it's large. To them, they're like palming that shit. I, mm, it's ridiculous. You can just palm your fucking head and toss you, most of these guys. Yeah. Those are the guys we're talking about today. Uh, we're talking specifically NBA point guards. The NBA is the National Basketball Association, which is the premier professional basketball league in the world. Um, and a center is the five position on the floor, usually your biggest guy. Uh, not always, I guess your power forward could be a little bigger here or there, but it's usually your biggest guy. Takes up space in the middle, should be good at scoring inside and, and either blocking or altering opponent shots just by kind of standing there. Yeah, usually someone that can contribute on the pick and roll or, you know, basically just a, a get me that ball. Usually they're tougher cats too. A lot of centers oh, yeah. are known for being just straight bruisers and there's a lot of fucking pussies out there too though. Well, nowadays, they uh, the the position, as we've talked about in a lot of these positions, has evolved over the past few years. And what we see a lot today is more, uh, let's call them triangle offense centers, where they're standing at the elbow and making great passes. Um, so that that's always fun to watch. Yeah, they've evolved. There's a lot of good passers out there. Yeah. Underrated facet of the center game. Definitely. Before we get into our favorite centers throughout history... I got one question. Is the center position actually really relevant anymore? That's a, I mean, it's a really tough question. I, I think it depends on the team. It, it's all like scheme fit now. I don't think mm -hmm. you have a standard blueprint. I think it really depends on the scheme. The coaches are, you know, whoever's managing that offense runs. Uh, right. We see a lot more, uh, you take the best available player in the draft or through free agency and you fit your offensive scheme around the, the five best players you have rather than, okay, our shortest guys are point guard, our best shooter is the shooting guard, the three and four are in the middle are, you know, somewhere in the middle there, and then our big guys the center. We're just going to stick them in their spots and they've got to learn our offense. I don't care. Uh, coaches nowadays have become much more flexible and can move players around. And, and like we've said on all the other ones, we're seeing a lot more positionless basketball where – your biggest guy is big, but he doesn't necessarily need to be standing on the block anymore. No, he doesn't need to game. have his arms straight up in the air fucking just smashing fools. Right. And I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think big men are necessary. I think you need to have these big dudes out there. Um, but 
someone whose job is to just stand in the middle and clog up the paint, I think that idea is a little outdated and mostly useless. Um, oh, I yeah. think the other players on the court are just too quick nowadays that if you just stick your big guy down there, he's going to get beat off the dribble or he's going to get turned around in some way where the ball handler is going to get an easy pass to a cutter or out to the wing or something like that, or he's going to lose his guy and all of that who can now stretch the floor and make a three. Um, I, mean, I think centers have definitely gotten a lot more shifty. They've, they've transitioned from being usually bigger dudes. I think it started with Yao into, you know, there's a lot of skit, relatively skinny centers out there. And I mean, you do need mm-hmm. the tallest dude to at least snatch some boards occasionally, but I think the old, well, he, you know, guy that's there to draw five fouls and, you know, be willing to be thrown out of the game because his offense doesn't really contribute. I think that's a definitely a thing in the past. Your Bill Lambeers, your Antonio Davises, those type of guys. Yeah, Brian Scalabrini. Yeah. Uh, and another thing that I think you you bring up as a good point is the the centers are much more versatile now. They can move around the court. They can make their own shots. They can. Uh, they're excellent passers and. They a lot of them can stretch the floor. A lot of them can defend out on the out on the perimeter a little bit. If you look at the Warriors in crunch time, their center is Draymond Green. He's six nine, but six six at, is a listed weight I saw for him. Oh Jesus! Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's something. He's, but he's very good at using his body to get rebounds and get in the way of of uh, people slashing to the basket. He's super you know, sometimes, nimble. Sometimes he does it a little more aggressively than he probably should. Let's but be real, that they, fool you know, is dirty. They don't necessarily need a seven-footer in there at all times. You know, they've got Kevon Looney also, who's usually in there, but he's usually out stretching the floor more so, and Draymond's the guy that's inside, and he's still grabbing rebounds and and getting in the way of people just out of sheer tenacity. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting in how one of the better teams in the league doesn't necessarily need okay we're gonna get our seven footer and we're gonna stick him in the paint well i just don't think you can with a fast-paced offense like it just right you gotta have people that can fucking move and that's you might as well just leave them on defense right pretty much they'll just slowly get that they'll give you the same effort that fucking what's his name albert uh washington redskins that's not their name anymore Alfred Morris? Alfred Morris. No, that's running Albert back. Hainsworth? Yes, there you go. Yeah. You, know, you can't have the effort of Albert Hainsworth yeah. out there. The Washington football team, I apologize. Uh, Sign that big-ass contract and then just do nothing. Yeah, super fat. But we're not talking about that. It, like, I don't know, just with how easy refs call shit now and the prevalence of flopping, I think the old bruiser is just gone from the NBA. There's no one I really view as an end forcer anymore of someone who's there to clog up the lane and you know pick up because you'll just have these point guards jumping blasting you and then drawing the and one it happens yeah, all the fucking time james harden yeah and russell wilson that, that's basically and... russell westbrook god damn it i got <laughs> football in my NFL. mind man yeah, i got NFL football in my mind <laughs> um yeah it's I mean, the closest thing to a bruiser, I would say, is somebody like Draymond Green, who is not so much a bruiser as a dirty sneaky and quote-unquote dirty. dirty player, you know? I think anytime you take those cheap shots after the fact, that's that's dirty. It doesn't... Only once, Calvin. It's like doing meth. <laughs> so one of the things I noticed when I was watching all these highlight packages of, of all these guys we're going to talk about today, or I'm going to talk about today, is they're only like four or five minutes long, and that's a lot to do with. You can only watch so many dunks and rebounds. Uh, for the other positions, they're all at least like ten minutes. With good music. And so that's kind of all I need to know about what centers bring to the game, or, or what people who are watching YouTube highlights want to see out of highlight packages. Centers just don't have it, especially it's, historically. Right, it's the unloved position of the sport. Not unloved, I think it's just the, the under-glorified yeah, it's, it's the right guard of the NBA. Pretty much. You need him out there, but... It's the nickel corner of the NBA. Nobody's looking at him. I was going for one of the fat guys, but, you know, what? I got I got a couple right guards I, do, I really do enjoy. All right, so let's get to <laughs> our five, but really six fundamental somethings about NBA centers. These are, we each picked three centers. Uh, these are our, perfect, our personal favorites to either watch or emulate 
these are not necessarily the best centers ever. Otherwise, we'd just be here talking about Bill Russell versus Wilt Chamberlain the whole time, which I don't think that's the conversation we're going to have. No, I, I really try to stick with players I've watched play Same here. like live ball instead of, you know, some from that I've previously used that I've just watched a lot, a lot of hours of YouTube. I know what I'm talking about. I'm a fucking expert. I learned from yeah. YouTube, man. I picked uh, – so two, two of my three are fairly – they're both retired, but they're fairly – actually, one might still be active, but not really. And uh, the other is, like, peak late 80s, early 90s, mid-90s. So, like, I, I've, I've seen them all play right. for sure. That makes it a lot more fun in my eyes. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I don't want to sit here and talk about what I think about Bill Russell because I, I never saw it. His stats are outrageous, but – Well, yeah, there were, like, nine teams in the league, and he was the only seven-footer. <laughs> this is why you need a tall guy <laughs> specifically for Bill Russell they're like fuck how did you... god damn it he got us again this dude's dropping 50 every night alright so who is your first favorite center my first favorite center also my first favorite human being that's a that's a goddamn lie sorry I never played center Nick sorry oh man point guard I got your back though, man. I was I was that guy. You you found my point. I'm gonna fuck you up. When I was like 12. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I can do much then. Anyway, Joakim Noah. Okay, I'm, I'll move him up in my list because he he was my number two. But, nice. Yeah, I got Noah right, on there too. Let's fucking fanboy about Joakim Noah for a minute. Yeah. This cat is ugly as fuck, and he had the Which same is haircut. So weird. It is because Have his mom's his mom? a supermodel. Oh my god, his mom is beautiful. His dad's decently handsome, too. Yeah, he was a professional tennis player, and his mom's a supermodel, and he turned out looking like he is. But he's got those good athletic genes, that's for damn sure. You're goddamn right he does. This cat can ball. I mean, coming to a new country, especially moving to New York when he was 13, I think that helped with his grittiness a little bit, because a lot of people think France is just a bunch of pussies. Mm -hmm. Definitely not. Definitely, that, that culture's got a lot of pride and stuff like that. And then going to New York, I bet that dude fought like I don't know. I'm guess, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that dude fought a shitload of people in New York. He's he's a scrappy guy, and so the reason I picked him is because he's a Florida Gator. That's my homer pick here. He was the he face was... of the franchise forever. Oh, absolutely for two Not seasons. Forever. Yeah, that's yeah, two, two seasons. seasons in college basketball. It really is forever. Uh, he was named the most outstanding player in the 2006 Final Four in his sophomore year. Uh, he ranked third nationally with 62.7% shooting from the field. Set NCAA championship game record with six block shots in 2006 versus UCLA, which was just like, I remember watching that. And that was one of the craziest things to watch is how often he got in front of those players. And that's Darren Collison, Russell Westbrook, Jordan Farmar, Luke Garnbaumute. Like, these are good players on UCLA. Most of them ended up in the NBA. Um, and he's just out there tanking all of them he's crashing uh, shit he's ranked 26th in the nation and third in the sec with 2.44 blocks per game ranked ninth in the sec with 7.1 rebounds per game in 2006 so in 2007 they run it back for his junior season and he's named second team all ap all-american and he averaged 12 points and 8.4 rebounds per game which is kind of insane in college basketball because like they just especially that season they they ran the floor with everybody they came against in the regular season so like well, have... the stars didn't play that much uh because they, they were just killing everybody and yeah, they Horford first and team yeah horford brewer torian green lee humphrey like that that, that was a that's a nasty team. fucking lineup especially really in college and i mean i i thought it was pretty dope that they came back to school after everyone thought they were going to go to the nba so let's talk about his actual nba career what what do you have on him that stands out so much to you Really? So, he never really struck me as an all-around amazing player. Like, I never thought of Joaquin Noah as, like, genuinely elite, even though he's got a shitload of accolades. All-star yeah. in 13 and 14, defensive player of the year in 14, 14 all-NBA first team, two-time all-defensive first team. Dude was a, 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 lock, <clears throat> a lockdown player. But he reminded me more of, like, Michael Singletary, going back to the NFL here. You know, just a fucking yeah. 
a, a baller who's going to get those boards, get those mm-hmm. tackles, and uh, you know bring you a, a, a toughness, a grittiness. And at the same time, he paired so well with Lou Alding, Kirk Heinrich, Derrick Rose, like Taj Gibson. Like that, team, oh, those fuck, teams should have been so much better than they ever actually were. Like they made a couple runs um, in the playoffs in that like 2010 to 2014 range, uh, but they LeBron just never just... got over the hump because yeah. they didn't like they didn't have that fifth guy. They didn't have the the spot up shooter or anything like that. They did, but they traded Kyle Korver. Fucking traded his ass, and they never made it as far. Every team in the league has traded Kyle Korver. We can't hold that against the Bulls. He was uh, pretty solid at that time. So was Kirk Heinrich, and we just let him walk. But I think, really, that was a scheme fit thing. I think Joe Noah would have been a lot better as, you know, roaming a little bit. But that goddamn uh, Tom Thibodeau is just rigid yeah. as shit. Yep. He was one of those stuck-in-his-ways guys. He's he's grown a little bit. He's He's a little bit better now. Um, but something with Noah is that, and this is stuff that I noticed more at Florida than you, you would probably ever notice in the NBA, just because of those Thibodeau offenses and the way everybody on the court is so much better, but he's deceptively quick and he's a relatively good ball handler. So at Florida, a lot of times he could grab a defensive rebound and run the break and, you know, watching these highlight packages, that's something he still was capable of doing in the NBA and he would do it every so often. And when you add that to his tenacious nature, he it would really lead to some like monster face up and attack the rim moments uh that that are really cool and fun to watch oh absolutely much more fun than his jump shot his jump shot is ugly as fuck so is his free throw shot like he's a solid mid-range shooter he's he can hit up the open shot for sure but 49 49 from the field over his career that ain't bad but, I mean, you, you really can't argue that dude was a heart and soul of the Bulls for a long time. And he's a momentum shifter. That's that's another thing mm-hmm. what I mean by, like, dude can make big plays or just at least scream at the top of the top of his lungs into the camera. And you're like, yeah, that's sick. This is fucking dope. But, I mean, there's he's a, a great defender, too. Oh, like God, he said, he's that an amazing defender. Game, yeah. He, he just got those long arms, and he gets real, real fucking low in squat, and he's got those those shifty feet he's he's a little mm-hmm. crab walker very good and he's solid too i mean well he, he has excellent timing uh with like blocking shots and things like that which that, that's something again that you saw at florida with you know leading the league with with his block shots and setting a record in the ncaa tournament like that was he, he just knows when to go up for the ball and and to get it he knows what the other what how the opponent is going to shoot and how they're going to release it and how to maximize his ability to jump and get a hand on the ball. He's got great instincts. He's a disruptor. Oh, man. Is he ever? But he's kind of a bit of a dick at times. Yes. Like, even his teammates voted unanimously to suspend him for, for a bit in 08. Just because he's being a bit of a shit. Yeah, he started shit with LeBron. He, uh, you know, we talked about it on the Power Forwards episode. There, there was shit between him and KG. Uh, which seems like maybe KG started it, but you know I, I wouldn't put it past Noah to to be in there starting shit too. And right. somebody that I always like to compare him to from the same era is that the we're going back to football here. Florida Gators football player uh, Reggie Nelson. He was a, a free safety on those championship uh, the the football championship Gators teams. And the way Urban Meyer ran that defense is he would just pretty much lurk Reggie Nelson like. 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage mm. and just let him sit and survey and then attack whenever the ball's left. And he got so many interceptions and, and broken passes and everything like that. And they called him the eraser just because he would come out of nowhere because he'd be so far back and you'd have no idea where he is. And then all of a sudden he's disrupting this play that's on the line of scrimmage somehow when he started out 20 yards back. And that's kind of always how I saw Noah was the same way as just, you know, the Russell Westbrook has an open lane to the, to the rim in a national championship game and then Noah comes out of nowhere and just beats the shit out of it. Yeah. Bitch! Boom! He... I, I will and say... he carried that into his NBA game as well. Absolutely. I don't think it fared as well in the NBA. I just... I don't think he had enough weight to him to really do that. That and people are just, in general, more athletic, right? Well, more athletic, bigger, stronger. You know, right. him going against Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard manhandled him. Every time Noah tried as hard as he could, but Howard just 
he had maybe 10, 15 pounds on him, but he had the strength to really just outpush him. And it definitely hindered him in his career. He was injured all the fucking time. He only played two full seasons. I mean, yeah, twice. No injuries, 80 That's games right. played. He, 74 and 07, 08. He probably wasn't injured. 67, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was, those were his uh, all-defensive years. Right, and all there NBA you go. Years. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so Joe Kim Noah, our first pick off the board. Nice. All right, so who's your second center then? Who's my second center? <clears throat> Excuse me, I thought we were doing four, so I got f- no. I got each. all right. Well, then I'll have to be my second pick. I'm guessing you, you probably picked the schedule. Joe Kim Noah, then. Motherfucking Shaquille O'Neal. I figured you'd pick him, so I didn't. Oh, nice, nice. Because Shaquille O'Neal is that dude. I don't even care. Everybody knows Shaquille O'Neal for the most part. He, he's goddamn Shaq. Dude's worth a tremendous amount of money. He was a genie for a while. He was in Good Burger. He was all over the place, man. Yeah, but he he does so much you stuff. You steal? Yeah. The I first have... live action steal? Come on now. I have steal number one. I'm very pumped about it. But I mean, he first overall pick in the NBA draft. A lot of these guys are pretty high picks. Um, drafted by the Magic. And in his rookie season, dude was averaging... 23.4 points a game on 56.2% shooting, 13.9 rebounds a game, and 3.5 blocks per game. This dude came in and was just, people had never seen a person like this. 360, 7 foot 1. That's, I don't know if he's 360. He, I don't think, not in the beginning of his, he was slender, like relatively slender in his rookie season like if you go back and watch those highlights from those years oh he definitely is but that was probably his strongest point or just most like most raw power because he was yanking down rims they had to bolt that shit to the floor after after he came into the game Mm -hmm. and you gotta you gotta give it to him though 56.2 percent that's purely because that dude was dunking on literally everyone (laughs) he still missed dunks He's, he's not taking many jump shots no and, and if he is, they're not going in. Or yeah, Shaq was, Shaq was always great to watch, and especially in those early Lakers years. First, like the oh, him when him and Kobe first teamed up, it was so much fun to watch and to see what they were capable of together. And it was the same thing with Penny Hardaway in Orlando. It was just Orlando wasn't; they were never going to get there. Um, and you know, he he wanted to do other things with his time. He wanted to act. He he wanted to. Rap make music and do all yeah, this other say, stuff. Right. That. He has a platinum album. Four albums. Dude's got a platinum album. It's unreal. He's Ron a cop Justin too. Better rapper. He's a cop. Yeah. And so and he got when he went to Miami that first year and and they won the championship in Miami. He was revitalized a little bit there and you could see like playing with Dwayne Wade. It felt a lot like that 2000 2001 Lakers team. And then he kind of just fell off a cliff when he started going to Boston, in Phoenix, Cleveland, and Cleveland. He yeah. he just couldn't do it anymore. And him joining the seven seconds or less Phoenix team was probably the dumbest thing in the world. Like, I don't know why they would want him, and I don't know why he would want to go there. His knees were fucked. Yeah. And I think that was I think that was right after Amari left too. So like, I think they were a little bit desperate to just to get some more star power other than Nash at that point. Just put a big dude in there and hope for the best. Yeah. They, they, they tried to can't run. Yeah. The dude that cannot switch you know, positions so on got, on the court got, at all. Way past his prime Shaq, slow Boris DL, aging Sean Marion, and Steve Nash. Let's go. I can't believe someone sat there with a straight face and pitched that. That's terrible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not, that's not a good squad. Anything else to say on Shaq? Oh, yeah, I got some things. I mean, <laughs> dude played almost 20 years in the NBA, so that mm-hmm. might speak to his... Uh, his slow downness later in his career. So, I mean, 07, 08, he came in in the 92 draft. He went to the fucking, the magic. So he had, yeah, anyway, he played a long ass fucking career. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also a DJ. Thought that was pretty cool. Like they, I was looking up all the lists of like what Shaq did and, uh, very busy guy and if you've ever seen his wife it's just like fuck ah she's very well anybody's fucking small we've all seen the little 
you know, the little water bottle in his hands. Mm-hmm. That shit's hilarious. Kevin Hart's like, yeah, I met Shaq, and my face comes up to his dick. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, dude? That's terrible. Kazam. Love that movie, too. Uh, I've watched it recently. It's terrible. Not great. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, terrible. I just it's, remember it's not. Like, it's not as bad as some movies from the 90s. That's like, not it, saying much. The 90s were terrible. It's like mid-range terrible. 90s camp, you know? Yeah, when he made, like, Candy Bar's Rain, it was like, fuck, I love this guy. Yeah. It's <laughs> dope. The, so he's not even that bad in Kazam. It's more like that kid is... the reason that the kid needs a genie. The kid is bad, and the reason he needs a genie and what he's making the genie do, all of that stuff is bad. Yeah, fuck it. It's just my opinion. Um, and I'll, I'll say some more about Shaq later, but dude okay. was just unreal. I mean, he rebounding machine, defensive beast, couldn't shoot a free throw to save his life. He's he's like the last breath of the the old breed, and he was fucking fantastic. Him and Kobe were unreal together. Him and Dwayne Wade were unreal together. That that mm-hmm. Heat team was really fun to watch too. I mean, that was yeah. a young Dwayne Wade. Yeah, he's he just, like two, three years in the league. Well, he had no one like Shaq prior to that. No. And that's all I'll Not say about really. Shaq. I mean, everybody knows Shaq. Don't want to beat him to death, but loved watching that dude play when I was growing to beat up. Shaq to death. <laughs> you literal motherfucker. Wouldn't be able to do it. Hey, all right, so my next Fuck guy you. is the one and only Jermaine O'Neal. Oh, what? Jermaine O'Neal, the malice in the palace, second man himself. Yeah. I'd say he was the third, because Steven Jackson was the second. Dude. But Steven Jackson was all over the place. He was, he the, but he wasn't Steve dropping Jackson people. got the second longest suspension off of that. Jermaine, because he was the second dude to enter his stands. Jermaine O'Neal knocked like two dudes out on the court. Yeah. Uh, so Tremaine O'Neal. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's true. I mean, Go back and listen to our uh, Malice in the Palace episode for more on that, because we did a full episode on it. Uh, he's just he was so masterful in the low post, and I, I'm watching all these highlights of him. They they have him. A lot of these highlights show him doing this kind of long drop step into the middle, and he just does this kind of short to mid range fadeaway, and he just didn't miss. If if he was going up within f- 15 feet, if he pulled up. The ball was going in, or he was drawing a foul. Um, I'm watching all these highlights and, and kind of remembering his play, and he was he was exceptional at drawing and ones on these pull-up shots and going to the basket because defenders would always assume he'd be going to the basket, and so they'd overplay him, and then he'd kind of pull up into him, which you see a lot of guys do on like three-point shots now, but he was kind of doing it from this mid-range game. And he was just so big and long that the shot would be up before the defenders could disrupt it. And then they'd end up hitting him anyway. So the, the ball would go in and he'd get the foul every time. And he, he also had this deceptive power to him. So he had this kind of finesse mid-range game, but he had a way of kind of clearing everybody out and just dunking the funk out of you. Um, let's, let's be real. This man had a powerful ass. Yes. You got to have a so powerful I, ass yes. in the NBA. And he fucking had. I remember him boxing people out like crazy, bashing so, people yeah, that, with that, that was shit. My next and point. Turn around and boop, drop it in. Is Yeah, he, he was a very quick and powerful rebounder. And this goes a lot to all those drop steps that he does, too. Is he looks really slender, but he. And, and he was. He, he was kind of like a taller, skinny guy, kind of in the KG Chris Bosch mold, but maybe a little bit thicker, but not too much. And he was just great at creating a wide base with his legs and his ass to block out and make space against, uh, like for rebounds or on offense with those drop steps, either middle or baseline. He was just so good at using his legs and his ass to create this wide base to give himself space to do whatever the hell he wanted on offense. Yeah, he could move people. And I mean, if you got, like I said about Joakim Noah, he was very, very stout. His lower body was definitely built a hell of a lot more than his upper body. He, yeah. Like you said, slender guy. He could definitely move, but I never really ever saw him have to fight someone in the paint all that hard for a board. No, because he he would just clear him out so easily. But dude had humongous hands, too. Incredible. Mm. I'm not the when biggest had, fan had, of him, but... Where, he had great control over 
the ball with his huge hands. So somebody like Shaq who has huge hands and, and he struggled with jump shots he and, has and free no throws. dexterity and no but Jermaine O'Neal was so smooth and had so much control over everything he wanted to do at, in his prime in those Indiana years and in his early Portland years. Yeah. I miss and him even even a little years. bit in Miami. Huh? I th- I think that sh- that really fucked up his career. As afterwards he was just viewed as a straight up bully. He still played quite a few years. Yeah, I mean the Malice and Palace of 304, he didn't retire till 2014. Yeah, that was a uh, I never Bounced heard of his... a lot after that. That was a bad deal. Um, so yeah, six-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA, uh most improved player in 2000, excuse me, in 2002 and just an immaculate right cross. He's running from across the the court and you see that hand get coming the, at you, you better yeah. get the fuck down. I'm running the other way. Fuck no, man. I, uh, he, I remember watching that live. We talked about it a bunch. We beat that horse mm-hmm. dead, but immaculate right hook. He has incredible, you know, hand placement when it comes to his great vision, great court vision, and great uh, face vision. Really knows where to face put those vision. hands. I really liked – so going back to that, that Bulls team that never lived up to his potential, these early 2000s Indiana Pacers teams could have been so much better too. They got Reggie Miller, Jamal Tinsley – uh, people like Jonathan Bender came in and out. Danny Granger was there for a little while. Ron Artest is there, obviously. Steven Jackson. All these good players that they just never quite put it together. No. Who They had someone else, too. Uh, what was Brad Miller? No. Austin Crozier? You can't blow it in LeBron's ear. Oh, Lance Stevenson? That's yes. way later. Yeah. Yeah, that was later. I, I was fond of that, dude. He's a little I asshole, like too. Stevenson. Bulls almost signed him. I was so happy, and then they yeah. didn't. I was like, fuck! I'm a big Lance Stevenson fan. All right, so your last center. Well, last give center. us your honorable mention that you had to cut from the list. We've, we've talked about him already, and that's Draymond Green. Okay. While his, Is he really a center? I mean, I think his best performances have been at center. I think that's when okay. he's been the most valuable, especially that's when I say scheme fit. I'm thinking Draymond Green for the Warriors because he was right. just unreal in 2014 through 2016 playing as center. And they're just they got him, on basketball reference. They've got him listed as power forward, small forward. Yeah, I saw that. But on Wikipedia, it's power forward center. I mean, and, yeah, he I mean, he definitely is their de facto center a lot of the time. I mean, they were talking about him being the best center in the league for a bit there. I don't know who was talking about that. That's a bad take. I bet you Stephen A. Smith said it. <laughs> Skip Bayless out there. Yeah, Skip. Yeah, we're Skip. coming. We're coming Listen, for Skip. you. First take, guys. I hate that show so much. Both those guys can suck. Way. <laughs> yeah. All right. So who's your last one? Yao Ming. Okay. I almost picked Yao. I went with a different Houston Rocket, but we'll get there in a minute. Oh, I already know who you picked. Uh, that was before my time though. Yao Ming was prime of my lifetime. I remember just him and Shaq duking it out so much as a kid. I mean, he did not really win those matches no, all that much. No. Um, but this guy, really incredible journey. Uh, he was pretty much forced to be created by the Chinese government. Don't come after me, China. Um, his he's, dad, he's the Ivan Drago of basically, Chinese basketball. Yeah. His dad was 6'7", his mom was 6'3", and they both played professional basketball. Um, he was killer in China his last season before he came over to America. He, he averaged, now this is China, 38.9 points and 20.2 boards a game as a 7'6", 310-pound man while shooting 76.6 from the field, which is unreal. I think that's re- yeah. really where he beat out Shaq in, if you can say, I'm, anything. So there, I'm saying what, in, in the Chinese basketball league, he's not taking too many mid-range or long-range jumpers. Like, he's getting to his spot on the block wherever he wants in the Chinese basketball league. Are they the same height hoops? Uh, Yeah, but I can't imagine the defenders are the same height. No. Well, I mean, one of the big things that he... He was like 11 pounds, which was almost double what a normal, you know, newborn Chinese baby weighed at the time, which is mm-hmm. unreal. Um, drafted first overall once again, and 
I, I remember watching this because my dad made me sit down and watch it with him, and I was super thankful. It was his first meeting with Shaq in January of 03, and yep. Shaq was talking all that racist bullshit. I'm not going to say it. You could Wikipedia it. Um, he tried to say it was he was playing. That's racist as fuck. Um, and another thing I got to mention about Yao. Exactly. You're shelling out for China. Yao Ming was a humble cat. Yeah, Yao he, Ming was great. He really was like a genuinely good dude. Like people try to fuck with him. He still so does a lot hard. of charity work in Houston and stuff too. Yeah, but I mean he's Houston, still because of Yao Ming, Houston has become like China's team. Oh yeah, absolutely, and they all have you know gear, and I'm sure that brought in a ton of Chinese audience into the NBA's demographic. Not only was he a Chinese player, he was a great Chinese player. Mm-hmm. Often injured, but. Yep. Uh, you don't have still... to sell me on these early 2000s uh, Rockets teams. I, oh, yeah. When yeah, we did point guards out. way back when, I picked Steve Francis as one of my favorite point guards. Oh, nice. This, these were just really fun teams to watch. Mm-hmm. Like I said, though, Yao was really the only dude that anyone thought could stand with, with Shaq. But still, I mean, the first game they played, Shaq was kind of yeah, balling he, outrageous. He yeah, well, he couldn't stand with Shaq. At first, six points, you know, first six points of the game and blocked Shaq twice. And then uh, basically, you know, he ended up taking the game to overtime, but Shaq ended up killing it with 31 points, 13 boards, zero blocks, while Yao had a measly 10, 10, and 6. Yeah. Which is on just six rebounds. Yeah, Yeah, that is fucking nuts. And all around. Yeah, I had some misconceptions as a as a kid when he first came into the league. I was just like, I don't see it. I really thought centers had to be really like thick dudes, like Shaq, like basically. Shaq, yeah. You know, just kind of plodding, tough guys Vin that were Baker just bruisers. Types. Was that? I said Vin Baker types. Right, and Bill uh, he's just he's a. I mean, he's still a dense-ass dude, but skinnier yeah. guy who just had a sweet, sweet jumper when he got outside. But it's like. You could probably cut him off at three feet, four feet from the rim. That's really where the accuracy starts going down, which is even though he can literally like put it in from five feet away. Yeah, I mean he he was solid from inside fifteen feet. Not great. He's no Jermaine O'Neal, you know. But he, they never he needed could, him to do that. No, they they always had enough guys to space the floor, and and at the time in the NBA, your your center wasn't there for that. He was there to be in the paint and block shots and dunk. Right, and Yao was good at those things. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was huge, and he was fast enough. Um, I always the, felt he was slow, but I think that's more of like because he was so big and long, he just looked slow. Yeah, ab- well, I, I watched. Ironically, I watched a funny video. It was like a five foot tall, you know, hundred and twenty five pound woman running fourteen miles an hour on a treadmill, and then a six five, like two eighty five pound man, and they look dramatically different, but he's yeah. running the same speed as You're her the same speed. and does That's not look like he's moving very fast. It was, it was a pretty cool video. And I think, yeah, was definitely that way. Not very good feet, but he was just so big. He could really recover off that good hips. You know, he could kind of Nate shift Robinson pretty easy. Him one time. I remember that. Yeah. Nate Robinson was a freak of nature and can jump like five and a half feet off the ground. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, right. But, uh, he was just injured too much i mean mm. 240 games missed in his final six seasons that's that's kind of shitty yeah he had a rough go of it uh over his last few years just so fucking tall like i think his bones just could not keep yep. up so another guy who was so fucking tall hakeem the dream Olajuwon. Olajuwon. uh 12 time all-star three-time blk champ what's that mean oh blocks block champ, two-time total rebounds champ, two-time NBA champ, 12-time All-NBA, nine-time All-Defensive uh, Rookie of the Year in 1985, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, two-time Finals MVP. Uh, we got to note that those championships and Finals MVPs were in the years that Michael Jordan was not in the league and the uh, MVP of the league in 93 and 94. So good job capitalizing on Michael Jordan's absence. He's Somebody like, I'm slide right in here. Yep. And so the main reason I like Hakeem Olajuwon is the Dream Shake. The Dream Shake? Fill me in. Elaborate. You've never seen the Dream Shake? That's a, it's I, a signature mm, move. 
It's it, he just Oh, I just never connected the two. Yeah, he okay. he does like he's very good at using his shoulders and his arms to do ball fakes. It's one of the few signature moves for like these NBA players that that's actually based on ball fakes. Uh you could maybe put like Dirk's head fake up there. Dirk had a really solid head fake that he could blow by. Uh, and then definitely Rajon Rondo's fake pass under the hoop. That was more or less the next evolution of the dream shake. But this is just, he'd, he'd get you on the block. And he had this magical low post game where he could do anything with the ball. And defenders had no idea what to do. Because it's not just the dream shake. It's not just, I'm going to fake right and then go left. Or I'm going to fake left and then go right. It's, I'm going to fake left. Then I'm going to fake right. Then I'm going to fade away. Then I'm going to fake like I'm fading away. Then I'm going to go to the basket. And if you watch these highlight packages, the the defenders are just dumbfounded trying to keep up with them because he had so many low post moves that he would just unleash at a moment's notice on these guys. It's it's really fun to watch. See, I never got to watch a whole lot of them, but I've heard nothing but great things about them. Go I've watch seen a couple the highlights videos. there. Yeah, just just watch some of the YouTube videos. Just look up like Hakeem Olajuwon uh, highlights and and click on like one of the seven minute videos or whatever. He's, he he'll drop step middle. He'll drop step baseline. He can face up and blow by it. He'll fake one way and spin the other. Um, or he dream shakes. He he doesn't lose a step on any of these moves. He's got arms like Michael Jordan in the last scene of Space Jam, where they just look like they stretch forever. Yes. So great at blocking shots and Huge keeping hands. those block shots in play. Um. He's he's everything that like Chris Bosh should have been and more. Man, that's saying a lot. Chris Bosh should yeah. have been unreal. Poor guy. And, and Chris Bosh is really good and was really good for a long time, especially in Toronto. He just he just never made that leap. He, he never had it. Right. And the weird thing is, so Elijah's last couple of years, he was playing in Toronto. I believe Bosh should have been there at the same time. Oh no, he would have just left before Bosch got there. Okay. Yeah, Bosch was like, Fuck, I was gonna say, man. so he should have shown Bosch some moves. Showed him the shimmy shake, dream shake. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen that move done a million times in the league by you know people copycatting at what I imagine is Kim Olajuwon. Yeah. yeah, it's so beautiful when Olajuwon does it though. I mean, it's poetry in motion. Yeah. So there we go. Centers, baby. Yeah, we have to centers. show some love to the centers. I love it. We well, yeah, love we it. had to get to all the positions. Next week we'll be doing sixth man. Get all your Jamal Crawford takes ready. James Harden. Uh, Kyle Korver. So, oh yeah. Jeremy Lin. Ooh, Lin Sanity, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so Nick, what would you do? Who is your favorite current NBA center? Not going to lie, I have not been paying too much attention to NBA basketball the past year. I mean, just go with Draymond, too. I guess. I mean, I could, but I got I don't like Draymond Green, but right. Duke can ball. Um, but so I got to go with Vucevic, whoever came to the Bulls recently from uh, the Wizards. What I know about him, dude's a double-double machine. Like, 10th double-double in his first 18 games as a bowl. That's that's pretty solid and yeah just out here getting yeah, he's, boards he's a pretty good player well i i never really liked the wendell carter pick or the auto auto porter trade um mm-hmm. i just didn't really think they fit with the pieces we already had but i think vucevic vucevic i would like to know how to say his name i, I should it's learn vucevic. how to say it vucevic okay yeah um I think him comboed with Laurie Markinen. I'd love to see Tony Snell come back. And then Zach Levine. Oh, and our newest. Oh, man. I think he's a power forward from like Florida. No, it wasn't Florida Gators. He's a newer kid, but he, he can ball too. I'm excited I, I'm for the direction of the Bulls. I'm not on my Chicago Bulls game right now. Sorry. No. I'm, I mean, I'm a Bulls fan and I'm not necessarily up. They've been terrible for years. It's so frustrating to watch. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to have someone who can uh, score and snag boards in the paint because Laurie Markkinen ain't it. No, and Vucevic, uh, he played for the Magic for a while. That that's, uh, that's he was drafted I, yeah. by the Magic. He was always really solid. He was like a solid starter always in in Orlando, and it was like him and Aaron Gordon and, and Orlando was just bad because they put their team together terribly and had no shooters and 
no scorers outside of Aaron Gordon who can get to the basket, but he can't do anything else. And with Vucevic, like he can get you a rebound and, and put it back, but he's not taking anybody off the dribble to the basket either. You know? Yeah. I don't imagine he's very he can, nimble. He can hit a jumper though, which is, which is good nowadays. Um, I have a huge blind spot for big men coming out of college. To me, they all always look like they're going to be the next KG, and most of them end up being the next Kwame Brown. So like, I am terrible at judging centers and like big men talent. I think so is the rest of the NBA. Yeah, that's they true. They do not do a good job of, I mean, these, there was a couple centers, I mean, fuck, Nerland's Noel is the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. There's been several centers in the past 10 years who have just been nothing He's doing pretty in solid the on the Knicks right now, though. Is he? I mean, yeah. Dude's like 28 now. Uh, time but I like Joel up. Embiid. Yeah, he's he's I, really good. I like how he trolls people on Twitter mostly, but he's also a great player that can kind of do it all. He's incredibly smooth, but also powerful and dominant at the same time. It's really weird to watch. Um, he's an excellent finisher, and he he draws these ends ones kind of in the same way Jermaine O'Neal does from anywhere on the court. Like any time he pulls up, he's trying to draw that foul, and and the shots a lot of times go in. Imagine um, if that dude started playing basketball at a young age. Yeah. He could have been would be, nasty. Yeah. Well, I still think he... I mean, he's he, pretty nasty anyway. He just went... I think he's a little clunky sometimes. Like yeah. He's still learning a bit. Uh, I like Miles Turner for the Pacers. Yeah. I think... See, he he should have been the next Chris Bosh. This kind of hybrid guy that can, can do it all from, from anywhere on the court. He just hasn't quite lived up to that potential yet. He's got the size, speed, he's got skill. He should be an all-star by now, and he's just not. And I, I think he kind of just gets lost in the shuffle in Indy because those teams aren't very good. And, mm-hmm. and nobody thinks, oh, well, okay, Miles Turner's out there putting in 20 and 10, but what does that really mean? They don't draft very well anymore. I don't know if they yeah. ever really I, drafted no idea. Well. Let's see what is... Uh... I want to see what his I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is. is pretty solid, too. Yeah, I like Carl Anthony Towns. Okay, he puts up like 12 and 6. It's not 12 yeah, and 10. I mean, that's a big fucking difference. It is, but but he should be better. And I don't know. Like, I'm watching these highlights, and everything that I imagined he was going to be, he is in those highlight packages. He's just not... Consistent? He just doesn't... Yeah, I guess he's not consistent. That must be it. It's easy to put together a highlight package of all his best plays, but when you have to play the other 48 minutes of a game, it doesn't really work out that way. Right. Um, and I like Nikola Jokic. He's, He's a great solid. passer. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a sweet shot. Oh, yeah. The Joker. But, yeah, that's, uh, you know, centers are hard nowadays. I don't they like, are. And you don't know what defines it. Like, is Anthony Davis a center, really? Maybe? I mean, they he's just really fucking tall. Yeah. But the dude's he got handles. Handle yeah. Yeah. And can shoot beautifully. Exactly. It, it's not, it's very hard to define a center nowadays. And, you know, the ones that are even like Joel Embiid, he's out there taking threes and making threes a lot. And he's one of the more prototypical centers that are out there right now. Yeah. Uh, Rudy Gobert, I guess, you know, he's a, he's a, somebody who you'd say that's a center. And that's also all a dick. Is. Yeah. Also a, a COVID dick. And that's also all he is. Um, but yeah, do we have anything else to say about centers or the NBA playoffs or anything? I'm excited for later rounds of the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I haven't been watching much. We talked about it before we started recording. Uh, I've, I've, I'm hoping that Luca and the Mavs make it past the Clippers because I want to see more of Luca, and I I just don't care to watch the Clippers ever. No, I. I'm sick of the Clippers, man. They just need to go away or move to a different city. Yeah. I I hope the because I think the Lakers are in a pretty tight battle with the Suns right now, and I, I want to see – I'd rather see the Lakers go farther. I like that Suns team. I like Devin Booker and those guys. I just it, – it's it's not the same without LeBron there. No. No, it's not. I want to see a Luka versus LeBron seven-game series. You don't I'd get watch that, that if they get bounced, you know? I would watch. Nah, I mean, I think LeBron would shut Luka down as long as he can. His conditioning know, is tight. Luka's really good. Luka's, Luka's so shifty. He's a bigger dude than I thought, too. I also got a hot take that I don't think the Nets are going to make it 
to the finals. Who's knocking them off? Well, I thought the Celtics could, but that didn't fucking happen. They can never uh, just all string it together at once. No, the the Bucks definitely can't. Um, who are the other teams out there? I don't know. The Bucks. The Heat aren't going to. The Heat are already out. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who. I guess I got to look it up. The Hawks, maybe. <sighs> who are the Hawks playing? The Knicks? No, that won't happen. Nick Knicks can't. Hawks, m- maybe. Yeah, now I don't see it without like the Celtics. The Celtics should have been better, <laughs> and they're just not. They have great individual players for the most part. The Sixers I... could. If Embiid comes back, the Sixers can knock them off. Yeah, I could see that. That that would be. It. So I don't know what's going on with Embiid's injury. He's he's out for a couple games. Um. So if he's back by the time they would play the Nets, then I think they can take him. If he's not back, then then I think the Nets have a pretty easy path through the Hawks and the Bucks. Yeah, if he's not there to bully Harden and Durant, then it's not going to fly. Well, they just the, the whole thing we've just been talking about. The the Nets don't have a center. You know, they they've got DeAndre Jordan, but I, I don't know that he's much of a factor at this point. Was he 34? 30, yeah, like 33, 34. Best years definitely behind him. That dude yeah. can't jump as well as he used to. They've got Blake Griffin out there who's looking a little bit refreshed, but he's he's still not. I mean, are you going to match up Durant on him? Durant's quick enough to stay with him, but I, I think Embiid would body him. Yeah, so, all day, all day. That would be definitely that would be pretty interesting. And I think you'd almost you'd want Durant on Ben Simmons rather than on Embiid, anyways. You would have to because Kyrie's yeah. not going to be able to guard Ben no, Simmons. Neither is Harden. Yeah, ben Simmons too big. So that would that'll be the most interesting series in the East if those two teams get matched up somewhere. I 100% agree and would watch that whole series. Yeah. All right. So that's what we've got to look forward. There is our NBA playoffs preview. Uh, Sixers and Mavericks in the finals. That'd be Write sweet. Yeah, I don't know how that that would be. That would be fun to watch. Oh, I would love watching that. Porzingis is Porzingis still playing? Yeah, like I he's, know he's, he's still not doing great. That doesn't surprise me. I think he his leg is fucked up for good. Yep. Okay, well, thank you to everyone for listening. You can check us out on Twitter. Let us know who your favorite centers are or what you think on the NBA playoffs and who you think is going to come out on top. Uh, if you think it's the Nets, you're wrong. I'm sorry, but you're wrong. I just uh, I want to believe that for sure. On Twitter, we are at APA something and at alone underscore podcast. You can keep up with all the news on my next show. The magic number is three when it comes to TV at magic three TV pod on Twitter as well. I uh, can check out everything from the URL alone podcast. New episode just dropped the other day at your uh, alone podcast.com. Yes, sir. Alone podcast.com. Check it all out there. <laughs> Lots of cool stuff. And all the music for podcasts about something is provided by those cats. You got to stay sassy. Stay classy.